Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hi, fans, we welcome you into another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. We are back from hiatus. I am refreshed. I'm recharged, and I'm ready to talk boxing. Joining me on the program this week, you know him from the Ask the Experts podcast, Kermit Bhatia, the former HBO boxing producer. We're going to go through a lot of different things that are going on in boxing right now. There are big fights being announced. There are some moves being made. There are some fights falling through. One of the biggest fights to be announced was Errol Spence and Danny Garcia. That is going to be on the PBC on Fox pay-per-view in late November. We'll get deep into the weeds on that one. A fight that is potentially falling through. But if you check Twitter, you can see that Vasil Lomachenko and Tiafima Lopez are fighting over money. That is something that I have been talking about for a while here. Got ridiculed from the Twitter people over there on the wonderful boxing twitter that we all love that we're saying that i'm anti-fighter pay the fighters should deserve money yes they should deserve the fighters deserve every single penny i've been around the sport for a really long time but it comes the harsh realities are starting to play out and you're starting to see the biggest fights play out on pay-per-view and you're starting to see fights that you would normally see on regular tv not happen you know why because there's not enough money There's not enough money to pay the fighters. There's not enough money for the promoters to make their money. Promoters are taking pay cuts too. Fighters are taking pay cuts. There's just less money in the pot right now. So therefore, everyone is taking a pay cut. We're going to get into that with with, uh, Karen Bhatia as well. Some other news and notes. Looks like Anthony Joshua has a fight date December 5th. He'll be taking on Pulev. This is a key fight in the in the timeline for Anthony Joshua that culminates in a potential clash between Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. We're going to get into the, uh, the Mike Tyson news. Isn't that kind of crazy? Mike Tyson is on the boxing schedule. September 12th, Mike Tyson steps into the ring. There are some more news uh, for that one in terms of safety precautions and people looking out for Mike and Roy's safety. Up next, here's Kermit Bhatia. We're going to dive into everything that I just spoke for and more. Here he is, Kermit Bhatia. Kern will start with what I think is the biggest fight on the upcoming schedule. It's going to be a Fox pay-per-view, and Fox is expected to announce all their fights upcoming on the Saturday car between Delorme and James. It's Errol Spence coming back from his accident, going up against Danny Garcia, a fight for two belts in the welterweight division. And let me tell you why I think this fight right here could do the biggest numbers on pay-per-view. When you talk to a promoter, when they look to put together a successful pay-per-view, they're looking for two things. They're looking for known commodities and a bigger fight to come out of it. And you have that with Spence and Garcia. Everyone knows who Errol Spence is. He's one of the best fighters in the game. He's one of the best welterweights in the game. As for Danny Garcia, a fighter that has appeared on multiple PBC platforms, one of the better known fighters in boxing. Throw in the fact that both of them are very rarely in bad fights. Throw in the fact that there's a lot of question marks swirling around Errol Spence because it's the first fight since his accident. Throw in the fact, once again, that a fight, a super fight with Terrence Crawford hangs in the balance as well. This is why I think, from a business standpoint, Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia could do huge business. There's a lot of very intriguing storylines. It's a very interesting matchup. And I actually think this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Danny Garcia. And I'll tell you why. If Danny Garcia had fought 
the old Errol Spence, the one before the car accident, conventional wisdom would have said Errol Spence would have won that fight, maybe won that fight easily. Now, at this point, we don't know what Errol Spence is. No one knows. We've seen the video of the car flipping over. We saw the interview with him and Brian Kenny where he didn't seem to necessarily be all the way back. So because it's such a big unknown, that's a huge advantage to Danny Garcia. That gives him an opportunity to become a unified champion and win the WBC belt and the IBF belt. And if, let's say, it is the old Errol Spence and he and Danny Garcia loses this fight, that's okay because you lost to a top pound-for-pound -pound fighter, a star. And in that case, Garcia's only losses will be Porter, Thurman, and Errol Spence. That's not too bad. So I think this is a great opportunity for Danny Garcia. Absolutely. He wins this fight. It'll be funny. Danny Garcia will be have two belts. And if you ask boxing fans out there, they probably don't have him in their top three. He's just right on the outside looking in. But like I said, he's a known commodity. You know what you're going to get with him. As for the actual fight from a, from a, from a fighting standpoint, you know, the X's and O's, Errol Spence is one of the most prolific... Uh, just offensive fighters in all of boxing in terms of CompuBox. That's what we do here. He's number one in multiple categories in the welterweight divisions. Punches thrown, punches landed, power punch percentage, jabs landed, body shots landed. If you're making a prototypical fighter, you're playing Fight Night is Back and you're creating a fighter, you're going to get something very close to Errol Spence. I think he's one of the, the, the better offensive fighters in all of boxing. He also likes to stand and trade. He doesn't mind you know, getting in the in the phone booth, sort of say. Same thing he did with, with Porter and letting it fly. Danny Garcia, on the other hand, is the same exact way. He's a guy that likes to stand and pick and choose his shots. Doesn't really use a lot of lateral movement Neither guys use a lot, of, a lot of lateral movement. From a fighting standpoint, from the X's and O's, this fight could turn out to be really exciting. Another thing is both guys have really good chins, and Danny Garcia can crack. And we're going to see early on if Errol Spence can withhold that with the new grill and, and like you talked about with the car accident. Stylistically, it's interesting. Physically, it's interesting. What I actually think is even more interesting is the mental aspect of it. And that goes back to Errol Spence. To be a top pound-for-pound -pound fighter, you need to have that confidence, that almost that that bordering on that ego, right? That cockiness. Errol Spence definitely had that, and that led him to the top of the game. Now, after this car accident, it seems like that type of thinking has remained. I actually interviewed his trainer, Derek James, at the end of last year. They didn't want a tune-up fight. They wanted to go straight to Manny Pacquiao or now Danny Garcia. And obviously we know he's going to get Danny Garcia. It's also interesting that the lockdown, you know, quarantine, things like that, that actually might play a big benefit for Errol Spence because he probably wanted to come back and prove the haters wrong. Earlier in the year, he had more time to rest and heal. He even uh, tweeted, he said, all these so-called boxing experts get screenshotted. Wait till November 21st is over. So you can tell he has a lot to prove in this one. Yeah, if you follow Errol Spence, he's been throwing some gems out there on Twitter. Doesn't really think when he tweets, he just... Boom goes out there. He's riding on his horse. People are talking about his nipples left and right. Errol Spence is in the news. Errol Spence is everywhere. But you're right. He's a guy that needs motivation, it seems like. Go back to his fight with Mikey Garcia, where you know, a lot of people were picking him. And a lot of people said that did pick him said it's strictly on because he's the bigger guy, not because he's the better boxer. He's a guy that uses the bulletin board material. He's a guy that, that needs that extra edge. A lot of fighters need an extra edge. And you're going to need it, too. And this time, no fans in the crowd. You're going to have to bring yourself up. So I expect this to do big business, and I'm excited for this one. When we come back, we're going to talk about a fight that's in danger. We just talked about a fight that's being made. One that's in danger, it's a fight that everyone wants to see. Tiafimo Lopez and Vicio Lomachenko. We just talked about a fight that is going to be happening in the welterweight division. Let's go down to lightweight, a fight that's falling through and a fight that everyone wants to see. Tiafimo Lopez going up against Vasil Lomachenko. 
The latest is that Teofimo is upset with the $1.2 million he was offered. And it sounds like that's a lot of money, but if you peel it back a little bit, you'll understand that that's kind of a low offer uh, for a guy that has a champion and a guy that's looking to, uh, to, to unify. If you take a look at some of the financials, because that's what's holding this up, 3.2 million is offered to Lomachenko. Like I said, 1.2 for Teofimo. Shows that a roughly $5 million is in the pot. And that's the best they can do. Bob Arum has come out and said that why should Top Rank have to lose money because Teofimo thinks he's worth more. A little harsh, but it's kind of the reality of the situation here. And then you have David McWhorter, who is the manager of Teofimo Lopez, coming out and saying that we are totally fine with taking a pay cut, which is something I've been an advocate for for, big, for the biggest fights that happen. We were fine with taking a pay cut, but not to this extent. If the ESPN wants this fight to happen, they have to kick in some more money. Something that a lot of boxing fans forget is that these networks can, can throw in some money. They get it to the finish line. ESPN doesn't seem like they want to do that. Maybe it's because they were burned uh, in the past with a con pay-per-view uh, and, and Terrence Crawford that did not do well. There's a lot of question marks swirling around this fight. It's a fight that a lot of fans want to see, too. It's hard enough in boxing to get fighters to come together in normal circumstances to agree on a fight. Usually the difficulties become when there's different networks and different promoters. This time around, it's both top. They're both with top rank. They're both with ESPN. So we hoped that it would come together. The wrench this time is that obviously we're dealing with a global pandemic. What that means is there's not going to be fans, no live gate. So there's no revenue from people actually coming to pay to watch the fight. That throws off the entire financial equation. And that means certain people are going to have to take a pay cut, whether that be the fighters, whether that be the promoters, whether that be the networks. And it seems like dealing with that is making it difficult here. We've seen a lot of top fighters not necessarily have fights uh, scheduled just yet because of that very reason. Now, it's a shame because we spoke to Teofimo last year. There is some bad blood there between Teofimo and Lomachenko. He said, I don't like him personally. He's not the people's champion. Um, he acts a certain way when the cameras are on, a different way when the cameras are off. Um, he says that he doesn't respect him. Teofimo says he doesn't respect Vasily Lomachenko. So there's obviously a lot of bad blood. We all want to see this fight. The way that Teofimo looks at it, he tweeted out, he said, how you mad at me? I'm just trying to feed my family. So his point is that he wants to be paid what he feels he deserves. But Dan, to your point, I know you've tweeted about this. Someone somewhere is going to have to take a little less than they're used to. Yeah, uh, David McMurder called it a haircut. You know, we we're willing to take a haircut, but not 1.2. So this just this is an example here. Fighter willing to take a pay cut. Fight not a fight that's a really good fight between two top guys. I would consider one of the best fights available. Not on pay per view. Still not enough money to be made. So the the promoters have to take less. The fighters have to take less in order to see the best fights. Or we're going to see glorified sparring matches. Or we're going to see more fights move to pay per view. There's a reason why the biggest fights that were announced on Showtime last week were all pay per views because it's a different budget. It's a different pay scale. You can pay the guys less with more upside of the pay-per-view buys to, to meet their demands. There's a reason why they're all going to pay-per-view. But I found some numbers here, and it's interesting. Tom Schwartz made $1 million to fight Tyson Fury. Luke Campbell made $1 million to fight Lomachenko. Khan made $5.5 to fight Terrence Crawford. Yes, I understand these were all pre-corona. None of those guys I listed were champions. None of those guys were fighting in what was going to be a unification bout. Yes, $1.2 is a lot of money, and Teofimo's in a very tricky spot here because he's been calling for this fight for as long as he's been relevant in, in boxing, and now he finally has it, and he's going to say that $1.2 is not enough. It's a lot of money, but it's simply not a lot if you put it into scale of some of the other fighters that I just listed. 
even though Teofimo feels like he's er he's owed more for this fight, it looks like him and his manager, David McWater, who you said, may say, hey, let's take a different fight now, and then hopefully next year maybe there'll be fans back and we can get the financials in place. David McWater, his manager, said, you have Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Tank Davis. Those are the possible opponents for Teofimo to maybe fight now. Um, but it's, it is unfortunate because we wanted to see these guys fight. We always want to see the best fight the best. Roy Jones, actually, in an interview, said Teofimo is one of the most exciting fighters in the game right now because he has that it factor. You want to see what he's going to do. And at the same time, we don't want these fights to over-marinate. Teofimo Lopez is 23 years old, but Lomachenko's 32. We don't want to wait too long to see this big clash. Another thing, too, and Loma was on, I mean, uh, Teofimo was on our show a few weeks ago. He says the time is right now for this fight to happen. Neither guy is long for the weight class. Teofimo's going to grow out of it, and you expect Lomachenko to go back down. So the time is now for this fight to be made. I hope it happens, but mo monetary issues or what's going to keep holding this up? And I'm going to give you a prediction right now. We're not going to see Lomachenko versus Tifumo next. We're going to see Lomachenko versus Verdejo. That's what I'm saying. I hope it's not true. I hope they come together and it's Tifumo and it's Lomachenko. When we, on the other end of this, we're going to take a look at some of the biggest fights that, were, that are upcoming on the August schedule. The August schedule is absolutely loaded. More boxing talk coming up next here on Inside Boxing Live. Believe it or not, Curran, we're entering the month of August. We're in a year where time doesn't matter, months don't matter, days don't matter, but the boxing schedule is getting better, bigger and better here in August, and I expect that to head into the fall schedule. But I'm taking a look at this schedule. I'm trying to figure out which fight I'm most looking forward to. I'll start it off. I'm torn right now. I'm torn between Elito Alvarez versus Joe Smith and the all-Australian battle between Jeff Horn and Tim Zhu. As for the Joe Smith-Alvarez fight, I'm always going to support Joe Smith. He's a fellow Long Islander. Uh, Joe Smith of the, the Smith Tree Service. Just on my way driving here after the hurricane that hit yesterday. There's trees all over the street. He might not even have to take this fight. He might be in retirement by the time he's done picking up all the trees. But that's a story for another day. For the Jeff Horn and the Tim Zhu fight, a fight that's going to take place in Australia, I'm looking forward to this one simply because there's going to be fans in the crowd. I'm going on YouTube. I'm looking up old Yankee games to hear what a roar of a crowd sounds like. Uh, you know, you've been watching boxing. Some fighters, uh, the top-ranked guys, used crowd noise. Over on Showtime, no crowd noise at all. You can watch baseball, digital fans, piped-in crowd noise. We're living in weird times. I want to watch a fight that has some meaningful, uh, an even fight with some crowd as well. So that's the fight that I'm look most looking forward to. What about you? A lot of fights on the schedule. Showtime Boxing is back, as we know. It seems like Fox PBC is coming back. Matchroom Boxing just came back uh, in, in the UK side. They're coming back to America. We gave credit to top-ranked Brad Jacobs and the ESPN team when they were able to safely do events. Credit to Matchroom for being able to safely do events. No fighters testing positive, and they were able to have the fights come together. A lot of fighters we've heard of on this August schedule. We've got Jamal James, Carl Frampton, Mick Conlon, David Benavidez, um, on and on. And, and you mentioned some of the great fights. For me... Uh, it's actually some of those matchroom fights that are that are most interesting to me. The one that's top of my list, Cecilia Breikhouse versus Jessica McCaskill. And when you look deeper into the storylines, it's a very, very intriguing fight. Cecilia Breikhouse, undefeated as we know. This is her chance for her 26th consecutive title defense. That would shatter a record set by Joe Lewis. Now, if you look at the other side of it, Jessica McCaskill, she's rugged, she's tough, she's going for the knockout, and she's she battled a long way to get here. She battled homelessness, she battled a bunch of other things, and she's enjoying this spoiler role because Cecilia said if she wins this fight, she maybe wants the Taylor Persone winner, which is another great fight. So I think McCaskill's enjoying that underdog role. 
There's also the Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin fight also on Matchroom. That's on August 22nd. I'm very much looking forward to that. They're heavyweights who have fought a lot of the top names in the sport, and I think that's another very intriguing matchup. Kurt, I'm going to start calling you the ambassador to women's boxing. Because you're, you're, you're creating storylines, you're, you're, you're mending relationships, with the, whether it's Breakhouse and, and Kalusha Seals. I mean, you're the guy. You're the go-to guy for women's boxing. Uh, I do love I do love me some women's boxing. One other guy, you know, that I, I really do love, Sergio Martinez. Oh, right. He's How can I forget? August 22nd in Spain. you got to mark your calendar for that. If he wins this fight, he wants a rematch with Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Dan, I know you are excited about that possibility. I am. I love me some Sergio. 2010, he was my favorite fighter. We're in 2020. Uh, I, I mean, it goes right in line with some of the, the, the fights that we're seeing now, the, the Legends League that Mike Tyson's putting together with Roy Jones. We're going to have more on that. We're going to have more on a lot of that uh, in the upcoming weeks. But, yeah, there's a lot of fights coming up uh, in in August. You know, Benavidez is going to be back August 15th on, on Showtime. August 15th is a loaded day. I'm interested to see Benavidez. I think he's one of the, uh, the best young fighters that some reason is not listed. You know, when you say who's the best young fighter today, you hear Tiafimo, you hear the Javante Davis, you hear Shakur, you hear Devin Haney, you hear Dubois over on uh, over in the UK. Very rarely do you hear the name of De David Benavides. I don't know why, but I guess he was kind of forgotten about when he was doing uh, the, the when he was suspended for over a year. One of the youngest champions, a guy that the PBC I know was very very high on. Listen to Tim Smith over at the PBC, they go on and on about Benavides as the star potential, a Mexican-American fighter fighting at 168. Maybe he'll go up to 175, take on Canelo one day. Uh, he's a he's a guy I'm going to watch. You know, it's a it's a mismatch of sorts, but I'm more interested to see how he looks and how he's improved uh, in this time. Let's get some quick hits, some stuff that we could not get to, uh, but one of them, we talked about this Legend League. We talked about this Tyson and Roy Jones fight. We're going to get more into that. Uh, in the upcoming weeks, but WBC president says that the Tyson Jones fight, they should use 16-ounce gloves, they should use headgear, they should use wheelchairs, they shouldn't be fighting. What's going on with this fight? Are, are we going to, the more and more I, I hear about it, the less and less I think it's going to happen. I hope it happens. What's your take on uh, what we're seeing from safety-wise? Yeah, in terms of safety, should Roy Jones and Mike Tyson wear headgear and use bigger gloves? Yes, they probably should. Will Mike Tyson and Roy Jones use headgear and wear bigger gloves? Probably not. <laughs> a lot of this is playing up the nostalgia. I mentioned Sergio Martinez. Like you said, he was a prolific fighter 10 years ago. But there's the nostalgia aspect of it, especially with Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. We saw these guys in the late 80s and, of course, Roy Jones through the 90s. We saw the, the prolific knockouts, the amazing things in the ring that we have never seen before. So people are hoping to kind of play that up and bring that back. The one thing I'll say about this fight in terms of fighter safety, this is more of a seniors tour. It's a legends league, like you said. And what that means is it's old guy versus old guy, 54 years old, uh, for Mike Tyson, 51 for Roy Jones. So wow. it's not like the older guy is coming in to fight the young lion, which can be unsafe. This is older guy versus older guy, and there's protocols in place. If there's a cut, things like that, the fight will be stopped. So I think I'm okay with this one. Yeah, I heard the fight was going to be uh, sponsored by Ben Gay. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know what's going to go on in the actual. There's, gonna not, there's not going to be a winner. I think a lot of the, the betters are like, wait, there's, no one's going to win. And then you have Roy Jones. I'm looking at top at a boxing scene right now. Roy Jones, the CSAC can't control Mike Tyson. Have to be ready for war. So they're saying the right things. They're hyping it up. It's a Mike Tyson fight. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, now we don't know if the rules are going to be enforced or if they're going to be like uh, recommendations. So I, it's just. The more I hear about it, the, the more I, I'm a little skeptical. I hope it, it, it happens. Uh, September 12th looks like Canelo's not going to be fighting. They're going to have the whole floor to themselves. 
Roy Jones and Mike Tyson. Wow. Another thing uh, that I wanted to get to on the show uh, before we say goodbye is it looks like Top Rank is going to be back with their bubble. They're not going to be doing Tuesdays and Thursdays. They're going to be doing six straight Saturday cards uh, starting August 22nd, going straight to, to September, August 22nd, I should say, to, to, to September 26th. And the big thing that sticks out to me for this is I'm happy it doesn't be boxing every Saturday, but why does it have to be Saturdays? We saw the Tuesdays and Thursdays. They didn't have the biggest success, but there's no longer fans that you have to fill uh, in the crowd, and then you want to have people that are, don't have to work. It's Let's get a little creative here. Why does it always have to be Saturday? Let's do some Sunday afternoons. Let's do some Wednesday nights and Tuesdays. I don't know why it has to be always on Saturdays. Yeah, it's interesting because when Top Rank and ESPN came back, they did these fights on Tuesdays and Thursdays, sometimes Saturdays. But that's when there was no other competition because the other promoters, the other networks weren't back. Now we have Showtime back. Matchroom and The Zone are, are back. We know Fox PBC is coming back. And they're all scheduling these fights on Saturdays. So as a boxing fan, you're saying, hey, wait a minute. Now I have to choose between fights. It would be better for us as fans if these fights were spread out through the week. That way we could watch all of them live. There's obviously, uh, especially when you're watching from home you want to see these fights live you want to tweet about it you want to see what's going on and so it would be nice if these promoters and networks could figure out a way to have boxing on other days of the week not to mention all the other sports are back now i mean the other day i think it was saturday there were 63 games on the schedule saturday in addition to showtime boxing in addition to ufc you know you had the nhl back at the nba back mlb is coming back not with all their games because people are not going to casinos on baseball teams and ruining it for me as a Yankee fan. But yeah, there's a lot of boxing going to be coming around, but they're sticking with Saturdays. I guess that's the network thing. Uh, but one thing you, is for sure, you better get your DVR ready because the final quarter of 2020 is going to be absolutely locked and loaded. Kerman Bhatia, thank you so much for joining us. Check out Kerman's podcast, Ask the Experts podcast. Really good work uh, that he does. And we'll get you on soon to cover all these upcoming fights on the schedule. Thanks so much, Dan. Special thanks to our guest, Karan Bhatti, for joining us once again here on Inside Boxing Live. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this week. And just wanted to let you guys know, you can catch this show every single Thursday on the Fubo Sports Network, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We're going to be doing it every single week. Fubo Sports Network are doing some great things. Uh, they're adding more content every single week. Just got the MLB Network. and have ESPN on there as well. You can catch live baseball. You can catch whatever's up over on ESPN, over on Fubo Sports. Of course, you can listen to our show uh, over on iTunes and the podcast podcast form and as well over on youtube at copybox where we drop a lot of fight previews as well and one of those fight previews that's going to be dropping this week is for the upcoming fight over on fox on pbc between uh jamal james and thomas delorme jamal james throws a ton of punches thomas delorme is always in good fights i think that's going to be a really good fight potential fight of the year on paper when you take a look at that a lot of stuff going on in the boxing world a lot of what fortunately we have a lot of solid fights on the schedule but we still want the big ones. We haven't heard a lot from Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Uh, we're, we're still working out the, the, the details between a Tiafimo fight and a Lomachenko fight. Once that happens, I will be the first to let you know. And the same thing with Joshua. It looks like Joshua is getting his fight on December 5th between Pulev. That is a very key component in what is building up for a Deontay, oh, sorry, what is building up for a Joshua fight versus Tyson Fury. The heavyweight division is looking like it's starting to solidify. FA and Jogba has now signed with top rank. He's gone from Richard Schaefer and Ringstar over to top rank. He is a promising yet frustrating uh, prospect in the heavyweight division. A lot of things swirling around. We're trying to tie them all up uh, as the boxing schedule moves in from August 
into the final remainder of uh, the year. A lot of pay-per-views. And go over to boxing scene. Tris Dixon wrote a really good story on making it count. He kind of wrote about a lot of things that I've been talking about for a few weeks. Fighters take, having to take pay cuts. Promoters having to do make some difficult decisions. Interesting times in the world of boxing. We have you covered every single week. Thank you so much for joining us here on Inside Boxing Night. Wash your hands, wear a mask, so we can go to fights in the future. Signing off. I'll see you next week.